mission to Ben. We thank you for, as we look forward to even the, the spring event of the blessing of the bodies. We pray that we may bless those by way of television. We thank you, Father, for the blessings that the members of this congregation are to favor family and church family. And we thank you for the outreach that as we begin to list those that we're grateful for, the list is ongoing. And we're so grateful for those who pray for us by way of television and those who provide financially. And we thank you for making this possible as long as we have breath, breath in our these earthly temples of clay. We pray that we may sing forth your praise and give you glory, Lord. We, we pray all this signs in the sun, signs in the moon, and signs in the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, which we refer to as the rapture, the blessed hope. The Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your hand, heads, because your redemption, our salvation, is drawing near. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. Then Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree. The fig tree, as many of you realize, is a symbol of Israel, just as the eagle is a symbol for the United States. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already so also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the 
kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. Now it's um, Robin here. Robin, I didn't get to read all of what you probably wanted to share. I don't I don't um, um, critique Mike um, what he prepares. Um, and I just wanted to share that whenever you're led to share, I did look at Gary and Kathy's material. But Robin, did you want to share? Okay, you want to grab that moment there? And if at any time you feel led, if you'd prefer me to look ahead of time and see what you have to share, I And the sad thing is, it all fits in prophecy 
what, what will be so what it's going to be coming before the Lord returns. The things that we're waiting on now is Israel and the new temple being built. And the other thing we're waiting on is the coming of the one Lord government, the world order, which is also mentioned in the book of Daniel. And also not only Daniel, but also mentioned in parts of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everything we're seeing right now, and in January chapter 7, it talks about knowledge explosion. Our knowledge exploded after 1948, which is the birth of Israel. Look how much knowledge that we've increased. Look how much knowledge we have gained in the past six months. Look at our technology. Our technology is so advanced every three or four months that the Joneses themselves can't even keep up with it. And what I'm saying to you as a congregation, when this time comes, there's only two sides. Are you going to be on the Lord's side or are you going to be on man's side? The sitting on the fence is done. And sadly to say, what's going on in Australia is ultimately, I hate to say this, is ultimately going to be coming to the United States. And I'll say, I mean, I'm sorry to politicize you, but I'm just saying the way things are going, if this country doesn't shape up and turn back to God and repent, we will be going the way of Australia. Questions or concerns? If you have a response at any time, let me know one will and get you part of the debate. You know, it's interesting that I think it's Mark Zuckerberg is changing Facebook. Oh, you need to do it. We call him the Facebook of artificial intelligence. Age difference between 35 and Make you aware of, you know, the, you know, when Jesus first came, you know, the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers and the leaders of the day, they didn't want to waste any time to be stable. You know, it was, it was the shepherds and, you know, the people that should probably weren't aware of what was, you know, biblically and prophecy and that. And uh, so as we live in the second coming of Christ, and, you know, our technology is so advanced. You know, now they're talking about they, they don't want to deal with like Facebook. They want to change the, the name to Meta, Meta. And the names of the vocabulary is so rapidly changing. And the holograms, the holograms that if you want to travel, you want to travel, you don't have to really um, in any way travel. You can gain that experience where you're at.
Morning Seminary that you know people like to know that people are prepared ahead of time. Um, to come find the words before us in Scripture is is the taking of Jerusalem by the Romans. Some theologians said that the Scripture dealt with the taking of Jerusalem by the Romans in like 70 AD and the destruction. But I believe that it's an unnatural straining, straining of the Scripture's language. And you heard me use the, the word exegesis. Exegesis is where you get into the Scripture, you really study the Scriptures. Eisegesis is, is what you want to see in the Scriptures. And I I find many talented, um, educated, biblical people applying more eisegesis than exegesis. Eisegesis is taking something and trying to remodel it to what you want to believe. But exegesis is just to exegete and get under this. What we see firstly in this past answers accompanying the second advent of Christ. Yesterday, I spent some time with my son-in-law, who's an F-16 pilot. We talked a lot about the Valley of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon is, is in Megiddo, in Israel. It's a long valley where, where the book of Revelation says that there's so much, there's going to be so much destruction that, that blood will be flowing almost as high as the bridles and the horses. Ultimate that the land mass, which refers to current China, a 200 million man army that will converge on little Israel, and God supernaturally will destroy this army. And we have so much other biblical signs suggestions that our, our Lord tells us that there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and on, in the stars and upon the earth there will be distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves will be roaring that men and women, boys and girls hearts will fail them for fear for looking after these things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, which is the second coming of Christ. Now this is a, a singular, singularly awful and awkward picture. It may not be easy, perhaps, to attach a, a precise meaning to every part of it, but one thing, however, is abundantly plain. The second coming of Jesus Christ will be attended by everything which can make it alarming to the senses and the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. Now, at the giving of the law, it, as students of the Old Testament, and you're reminded of the Old Testament, if the giving of the law and the experience we have with Charles Heston, and who played Moses, at the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments at Sinai was so, so terrible that even Moses said, I exceedingly fear and I exceedingly quake. The return of Jesus Christ when he comes to, to earth in power and great glory shall be much more terrible. Yet the heart hardy Roman soldiers became as dead men at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When, when an angel rolled a stone away and Christ rose up again, how much greater will be the terror be when Christ shall return to judge the world? Judge the world. No wonder that St. Paul said, knowing the terrors of the Lord, men and women, boys and girls. Hebrews chapter 12, 21, Matthew chapter 20, 
are made worthless? What will we do when the, the graves of every side are opened and the trumpet is summoned? And as people go to their judgment, what will we do when, when that same Jesus whose gospel he, he has so shamelessly neglected shall appear in the clouds of heaven and put down every enemy, every enemy under his feet, it says? Surely he will call on the rocks. That person, as the scripture says, will call upon the rocks on the hills to cover them, according to Hosiah chapter 10, verse 8. But he will call in vain for hope if he has never called on Christ as they walk the earth. We need to call upon Christ. That's why each and every Sunday I, I lead you in a a prayer of rededication and recommitment. Happy will they be in that day who have fled betimes from the wrath to come and the land. We say, secondly, in this passage, how, how complete will be the security, the security of true Christians at the second advent of Christ. We read that our Lord said to his disciples, when these things begin, when these things begin, say it with me, begin. When they begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. However terrible the signs of Christ's second coming may be to the impenitent and the unforgiven, they need not strike terror in the hearts of the true believers. We as true believers, when we see the world falling apart, basically God says things are coming together prophetically. God has a better way. It's through Jesus. We ought to be filled with joy. We ought to be, remind ourselves that his complete deliverance from sin, the world and the devil is close at hand, and that he shall bid, we shall bid a fair and found and Farewell to this eternal kingdom here upon earth of sickness and sorrow and death and separation and temptation. The very day when the unconverted person shall lose everything shall be the day when the believer shall enter into their eternal reward. The very hour when the worldly person's hope shall perish shall be the hour when the believer's hope. The believer's hope shall be exchanged for joyful certainty, full possession, reuniting with loved ones that have preceded us in death. The servants of God should often look forward to Christ's second advent. They, they will find the thought of, of that day a, a cordial to sustain them until all the trials and, and all the persecutions of this present life. Jesus says, yet, yet for a time, yet for a while, let us remember, and, and the one shall come, will come, and, and, and will, not, will not tarry, as we sometimes tarry and procrastinate. The words of Isaiah shall be fulfilled the Lord God shall wipe away every tear from our faces and, and the rebuke of the people shall be taken away from all the earth and the cursing of, of God shall be turned into blessing. That one sure receipt for a patient spirit is to expect little from this world and to be ever waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10, 37, and Isaiah 25, 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 7. And we see, we see thirdly in this passage how needful it is to, to watch for the watch for the signs of the times. Be watchers of the sign, signs of the times in the prospect of the second advent of Jesus Christ. In the first coming of Christ, very few, they missed it. 
It was only the angels and the shepherds. The religious leaders missed it. They missed the prophecies. The Bible is one clear prophecy. One out of 22 verses in the New Testament deals with the second coming of Jesus Christ. Our Lord teaches this lesson by a parable. He says, Behold the fig tree and all the trees when they now shoot forth ye see and ye know of your own selves that, that summer. Oh, how we long for supper, summer again. That summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at at hand, that the disciples ignorantly supposed that the Messiah's kingdom would be ushered in by some universal peace. It's not coming in by universal peace. There's an Antichrist. Many living today believe that he's in our midst. Our Lord, on the contrary, tells them that the signs which shall immediately precede it shall be wars. There shall be wars and confusion and perplexities and all forms of distress. And the general general duty which these words shall teach us, it's very plain. We are to observe carefully the public, the public events of the times in which we live. We are, are not to be absorbed in politics and oftentimes people criticize me because I get a little bit too political in that, but I like to call things the way they are. But we need to be aware of fake news, along with the gospel, the good news. We need to be aware of those who are interpreting the news and the slants that they take and, and what their religious political biases are. We are to mark political events. We are, we are to look at ourselves as some form of political prophet that warns people. We are to study diligently the signs of our times. And so doing, the day of Christ will not come upon us entirely unawares. You may ask yourself, are there any signs in our own day? Are there circumstances in the world around us which specifically demand the believer's attention? I believe so. Beyond doubt, there, there are very, very many. The revival of the Romanist church, the um, drying up of the Turkish Empire, the awakened desire of Protestant churches, Protestant churches to preach the gospel to the heathen, the, the general interest in the, the state of the Jews. God said the important timepiece is the state of Jews, the state of Israel, and the condition the world looks at Israel. Many believe we're, we're nearing that 12 o'clock hour, and, and you hear being moved from quarter to to ten to to ultimately five to twelve. The, the universal shaking of governments and established institutions, the rise and the progress of the, the subtlest, the very subtlest forms of infidelity. It's a the comatose. I, I consider it comatose in the, the hospice state of the church when they lose the perspective of protecting protecting the unborn and the innocent when they become pro-death rather than pro-life. All these signs are very peculiar to our day. All should make us remember our Lord's works about, about the fig tree. All should make us think of the text, Revelation chapter 22, verse 7. Behold, We see lastly in this passage how certain it is that, that all our Lord's predictions about the second advent will, will be fulfilled. Our Lord speaks as if he foresaw the unbelief and the, and, 
incredible unbelief of humanity on this mighty subject. He knew, Jesus knew, how ready people would be saved, would, would it be said that this is improbable. This is improbable, this is impossible, that the world will always go on as it has in the past. Jesus arms his disciples and his followers against the infection of this skeptical spirit by, by a very solemn saying. And he says, heaven and earth, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, my word shall not pass away. Whether you're here at all of it, United Methodist Church, you're viewing us by way of television or radio or other means of communication, we shall do all well to remember this saying that whenever we are thrown into the company of those who, who sneer, who sneer at unfulfilled prophecy, the sneers of unbelievers must not be allowed to shake our faith. If God has said a thing, God will certainly bring it to pass. And the probability or the possibility of it are matters which need not trouble us for a moment. God provide an ark for Noah and the believers, he will provide a means of protection for you and I. That Christ should come again in, in power to judge the world and reign is not half so improbable as it was that Christ should come to suffer and die for our sins. If he came the first time, much more will we expect him come the second time. If he came to be nailed to the cross, much more may we expect that he will come in glory and he will wear the crown. He has said it and he will do it. His words shall not pass away. And let us turn from the study of these verses with a, with a deep conviction that the second advent of Christ is one of the leading, leading truths of prevalent in the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Universal Creed, and all creeds. It's prevalent in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let the Christ in whom we believe be not only the Christ who suffered on Calvary, but the Christ who is coming again in person to judge the earth. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and those by way of television and radio and other means of communication, we may have made decisions for Christ in the past, but we need to rededicate our, our lives and our hearts to you daily. We need to be refilled with God's Holy Spirit each and every day for the trials and the temptation and the atheism and the agnosticism and the unbelief and the skepticism of our society, rather than the church going in, into the culture, the culture is coming into the church, all prophesied by thee, O Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and let us as a congregation, those by way of television and radio, that are grateful for our telecasts, that this may be the only means of worship that they have, would you pray with me these prayers? Dear Jesus, you came to die for me. I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Come into my heart and life. Be my Lord and Savior. Fill me each day with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen me, O Lord stand for you. For you died for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. We do thank you for your prayers and your presence with us. God has blessed you this Thanksgiving season and Advent season. You're able to give a little more. We're, we're struggling. I want to be honest with you. We're looking at other means of 
place us as human beings in the center of it as we stumble our way to living our lives in union with your will and in harmony with creation as we offer our tithes and our gifts this morning. We, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to show us the way in a simple language, loving you with all our heart, soul, and mind and strength, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. May our gifts and our time be dedicated towards making this both a reality in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do you have any announcements to make? Um, I believe this is the first Wednesday of the month, which is our trustees. I believe um, will there be a trustees meeting this coming Wednesday? Well, we're thinking about that. Is there any other announcements that we need to know? Make? I, I just want to thank those who took the time to stay and decorate the church. I don't know yet. <laughs> You'll hear it by an all, all calls. Yeah. They're always invited. Any other announcements? Isn't it wonderful to uh, have Joyce? You know, there's probably many of us could use a lot of excuses for not coming to church, but Joyce makes sure that no one in the mic here. We thank her for her faithfulness. We thank you for for coming to church. She's just one that could use maybe all kinds of excuses not to be here, but she doesn't. You know, she wants to be part of her extended family. We pray that you.